They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarasha. With your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. Now, without further ado, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Talking with Tarashuk, episode number eight. This, my next guest, has literally no introduction needs to be made. He is the CEO of Ambiguous Podcast Produced Productions, Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Fuck me, Jared, right? <laughs> Ambiguous Podcast <laughs> Solutions. You can tell it's late on a Monday night when we're recording this. Jared Laverne, my friend, my brother, my man, how are you? Yo, I miss you, bro. I haven't seen you in dumb long. COVID had me laying out. Yeah, oh, well, you were supposed to stay at my place for like, okay, so this is, we can start with this story because this, this is a test, Jared. This is a test Dude. for me. <laughs> Because this is one of the first times I'm ever doing a podcast saying, what are we going to talk about? It doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't matter. Because it's like, you know, and this is a good test because, you know, we're friends. I've known you for a very, very long time. Very. So if I can't just jump in with a conversation with you, then I probably shouldn't be podcasting. Right. But that's not necessarily true because everyone should just have a podcast. And then you also wouldn't have an identity. That would be crazy. Yeah, right. I mean, if you told if you had told me five years ago that... I'd have a podcast company. I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. Be like, oh, but Jared's going to be a CEO. I'd be like, no, he isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I would have said not, the same thing. I would have said the same thing. I would have said the same thing. Hey, look, it was a really good idea. It was, a, oh my God, we haven't had a podcast where we actually talked about how this all came to be. Well, we did kind of. Well, we're, we're re-releasing yours with GDP, so we can share the napkin for your podcast because the napkin is a great story. Don't get me wrong, but I want to go back to the beginning with you and me because I've been thinking about this podcast for a long time and... I can't remember when I met you, like generally or like the actual physical meeting. Like we, I know you from college, obviously, mm. you know, same fraternity. Uh, the reason why we joined TEP is going to be a very interesting story. I can give you mine. I want to hear yours. Um, Have but I ever I, told you mine? I vaguely, but I want like the real true Hollywood stories. But like, I can't pinpoint the exact time I met you because it's funny. Um, for me, it's probably some point around my sophomore year first semester okay yeah because i was at a point where you know that first year freshman year it was great i lived with roman and jasmina mm-hmm. um and then jefe and costa but jefe and costa didn't come back to hofstra so i'd like i text roman over the summer he's like you'll live together again it's like word so i lived together with roman again and then in a suite and the other person riley was just like not never there um but rome was like getting a different friend group you know he was going in the Yo. city more <laughs> like i love rome but at the same time f rome um, I gotta have room in this podcast, but anyway, like you know, I needed to find a new friend group, like desperately, because I was like, I was getting really sad at Hofstra because I was slipping into a place where it's just like I need friends. Mm. So, um, I put myself out there. I joined Haha ha Hofstra, right? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just you know, I tried venturing it out, and there was this guy Dave who ended up getting booted from Hofstra for a whole different story, which I won't share here. Uh, not that Dave, different Dave. Okay, okay. So we ended up going to a few parties, and the best parties were at 75 Meadowbrook. Like, huh. I always had the most fun at those parties. Like, you know, I remember I hooked up with a few girls at that part of those parties, which for me back then was a huge deal. Okay. Um, so, like, to me, that was my lucky house. And huh. you being what? You were a junior at that point? 
I would have been a junior then, yeah. So you were always there because you were you were like the Tep was always cool with these people. Yeah. Me so and were I probably bounced into you a few times there. But other than that, I have no idea when I actually met you. So there's like I mean, that's why you gotta like college though, because it's like there's when that person is just walking around and is just in your sphere, and then there's like the actual introduction. Yeah. Like I feel like our actual introduction was just randomly in Griffin's room one day where I was just like, yo, you smoke? Nice to meet you, bro. Probably. Yeah, Probably. Because I still met you as Daffy. You, okay, you met me as Daffy. I met you as Daffy. Okay, so this was post-pledging then. So I can think of like a few like, times. Like it took me a long time to realize that your name was Will. Like I was like. Wait, wait, your name is Will? All right, cool, yeah. Nice. Well, it, too, it took me a long... I thought McLeod's last name was McLeod. I thought Waldo's <laughs> yeah, name right. was Waldo. Yo. Griffin, I was like, oh, that's a nickname. Dotcom, that's a nickname. Bitch, that's a nickname. But I was like, no, because like I just... It didn't click to me what a fraternity was until I actually started pledging and joined it. And I was like, oh, this... Oh, shit, like, yo, this is a thing. It's like, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but 75 Meadowbrook was my lucky house. So, and there's also the house that Jack lived in, which me and Rome were friends with. Okay. So, I actually got in a tip through Jack. <laughs> so, but, you know, after I crossed, <laughs> I knew you as, oh, Jared's the black kid who hangs out with Tep, right? The what? I was like, Jared's just the black kid who hangs out with Tep all the black, time. There you go. Make sure you get it right. I'm the black kid, black guy. Don't say the black. I said, I said the black. I didn't say the black. I said the black guy. Oh, the black guy? I talk too fast. Okay. Pay attention. All right. So, yeah, like, the black kid who hangs out with I'm Tep. I'm helping you out. Right? So, I, was, like, I, I knew who you were, and I remember, like, I was, Waldo came downstairs and goes, yo, Jared wants to pledge Tep. <laughs> like in that voice and I go no way cause like, I was like oh I know who that is <laughs> okay. you know that, that's great for us like he's super charismatic he's always on the house like you know it's about damn time so it's probably I guess I probably, your first meeting was probably just during pledging then yo I guess was was it during pledging yeah I mean I was involved in your pledge process as much as you and Chief were there Oh, yeah, that was funny. That was funny. I mean, yo. The worst pledge book in history. Yo, I'm. Do you understand? Like, I. They're like, being like, yo, you just got to do the alphabet. And I'm really trying to tell y'all, look, me and words don't get along. I'm wild dyslexic. Like, when you said you can be a strong pledge or a smart pledge, I thought that was a choice. Like, I was like, I mean, oh, yeah. It kind of was a choice. I was just like, <laughs> I'll do push ups. That's cool. We could just do push ups for days. All right, all right, Jared, give me the Greek alphabet. As as much as you can go. <laughs> oh my god! As much as you can go. Um. Because with the well, first of all, how do you pronounce the new COVID variant? <laughs> the one that's floating around as of recording this. Omicron. Omicron. Okay, oh. that's that's correct. That's I like, I like the correct to call way it to the say Omarion, it. Omarion, though. Omarion, the, yeah. o, the Omicron. Uh, yeah. It's like I'm just like, damn, I can really tell who didn't didn't join Greek ah. Lab because I can't pronounce Omicron. So give me the Greek alphabet as best you can give it. Oh, alpha, beta. I don't want to say Kappa. It's not Kappa. No, it's not Kappa. That's K. Yeah. Um, Sigma? No. Nope. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alpha, We're done there. Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Zeta. Gamma. Zeta, <laughs> Eta, Theta, Iota, Kappa, Lambda, Mu, Nu, Pi, Rho, Sigma, Tau, Upsilon, Phi, Chi, Psi, Omega. I, always I might have missed one here or there, but as soon as that's the best I, I can get I thought that it. was, yo, like, okay. I've actually never really told this story, but like joining Greek life, craziest anomaly wildest anomaly in the, in my life, right? So it's like, oh, wow. I really never told you this story? I mean, probably, like, in passing, you know, because, I mean, let's, let's press preface here. Tep is a 
Jewish fraternity. Yes. Now at you are you are at a Jewish college. You are the exact opposite of a Jewish person. <laughs> Yo, I'm pretty close to it. I didn't really even understand or know what Jewish culture was until I got to Hofstra. I didn't either. And everyone thinks I'm Jewish. That's that was the funniest thing to see somebody argue with you and say, "Nah, you're Jewish. You're yeah. you're Jewish." I was like, "No, bro, he's he's Polish." Like yeah. I, I I didn't know. That's that's why everyone thinks I'm Jewish because. Poland, the Holocaust, all that stuff, and everyone assumes. Again, still things I'm learning from you. Like, okay. I really didn't even know I, too much. If someone's just like, oh, you're Jewish, I go, I get why you think that because I tell them I'm Polish. They immediately assume I'm Jewish because they're ignorant. It's not their fault. Okay. They're just wrong. But, but no. yeah, someone's like, no, you're actually Jewish. I'm like, no, I'm not. You just were, went to a Jewish school and was in a Jewish fraternity. Yeah, when I tell people I was in a Jewish fraternity, they're like, no way. I was just like, what's the big difference? But I was like, it's, it's a white school. White fraternity. It was just like, but then you like go to other fraternities and other schools, and you're like, oh, it's different. Okay. Yeah, we went to um, Johnson and Wales J. They had a broken glass room in their basement. A broken glass. A broken. They would just go and throw bottles and break glass. Well, you know, good for. <laughs> Yo, I look back at agree. Well, I mean, like I originally wanted to join the Divine Nine. Like I was going to join a black fraternity. Like I was just a hundred percent. All right, who that. who in your family wanted you to join a black fraternity? My grandpa. Grandpa. Both, okay. Both my grandpas. Like were they were they in Greek life? Oh my god! If I joined Black Greek life, my life is set. Like it was on some like I should have definitely done that. Like my upbringing says I should have went to an HBCU and joined D nine. Like mm. I sh- that's what I should have done. Okay. Yo, because the craziest thing about it is when I was out in L.A., like my one of my best friends from Jack and Jill, me, um, he like hits me up. He's like, yo, bro, come hang out. And they're having like this big HBCU like reunion type thing in L.A. And I and it's Wal. I'm like, yo, Waldo, come through. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Waldo's just like, yeah, bro. It's like. He's ecstatic. You know Waldo's like, he's just like, yo, black people, black culture, my homie Jared from my black, from the fraternity, like, holding it down. And I was just like, because this is right after, like, all the Black Lives Matter type shit. Oh, uh, Waldo's like, I get to show my virtue. Yo, yo, you know, you know, <laughs> Waldo an ally for real. So he's like, damn, this shit is lit. And it's, I was just like, yeah, bro, because, like, Waldo has, is the one who had to try and really convince me to join the fraternity. And he, he, did, that, he did that to everybody. Like, and everybody. I'm just like, bro, I'm I'm good. I'm going to join the black. He's like, oh, I, I get it. That, sh- that shit look cool. Like, but if you ever want to, we still here. And just let's, I'll, I'll just be on some, on some real petty shit, right? Girl I'm dating at the time. I'm like, yo, what? What? Fuck with these losers? Nah, nah, absolutely not. On some petty shit, I just wanted to prove that I was better than dudes in fraternities. That was really why I wanted to join TEP. Yeah. Because I was bitter about my ex. And I was like, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, nope, got to make all of them look stupid. Cause, and, and the only way you can make guys in Greek life look stupid is by joining Greek life to do, be invited to all the Greek life stuff where they could be like, nah, you're not invited. Greek life. Sorry, bitch. I'm Tep. Let's go. I'm coming. <laughs> like, like I loved every. I loved every minute of that. I was a menace all throughout Greek life. I harassed the shit out of everybody. Like, and Waldo just let me do it. Greek life at Hofstra was very interesting because, like, Tep was an anomaly. Like, there was six of them when I joined, and then the four of us made like ten, and then I think someone grabbed Griffin, dropped, and it was nine. So it was nine of us, and that was the smallest fraternity I've ever seen. I've never seen a fraternity yeah. smaller. Like, you know, the the Pikes were big. The Sig Pies, rest in peace, were big. Um, they, they, all the stories were humongous. Mm. But so, like, Tep was kind of the island of misfit toys. 
mm-hmm. which was honestly my favorite part about it. Loved it. It was the best because, yeah, it was hard doing everything, but we had a reputation for being like losers, kind <laughs> of. I'll say no, it. No, yes. No, no. Like, 100%. Greek 100%. life looked down at us from their high tower. Never made any sense. <laughs> and I was just like, I remember because, like, my senior year, like, Hofstra had that big scandal with the, with the hazing scandal mm-hmm. with that certain fraternity rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you guys do what? Yeah, right. I was like, you guys, you guys actually do this? Yeah, like to the to to people you're gonna call brothers, like yeah, and like is... and you're looking down on us, right? Like I th- I thought it was the craziest thing, and it's just like this, and it's like this is truly traumatic, scarring shit. Like not even to talk about the shit that the sororities do. Like I'm like, yo, yeah. y'all are horrible people towards each other, and Tep, it's just they're. They're just corny kids that like smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no, not only that, but no, like, we knew how to party. That, I mean. We have thrown killer, that Lawrence house, those, again, no Meadowbrook parties. Yeah, party, my lucky house. Parties were great. GPA was horrible. Like, let's, yeah, you know, yeah, let's, GPA's a, let's just, let's not forget. Yeah, forget so, that. Tep had a lot of fifth years, or eight, or sixth years, or eighth years, or twelfth years, if you're a certain person. That, I mean, but I just, yo, I did, yo, I did see Joining as a senior was the greatest thing to watch. Okay. Okay. Also, as as a black guy, joining Greek life and not having to, like, I got pretty much my entire college experience done. I already had my job when I knew I was graduating. So just joining Greek life was the greatest. I'm just curious. I'm just, what's it like? What? Why the fuck do y'all think you're so cool? And, yeah. like, it was great because Tep's like, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> come, in and, come in and join the club. And I got to see the judgment from all these other organizations that thought I was like the cool guy, was somebody they'd hang out with, and I was the guy that they wanted in their fraternity. And they're yeah. like, "You jo- you joined Tep. That's you. Re- you're the you're gonna you're gonna join Tep. Why are you with Teps? Why are you doing Teps?" I was just like, "Cause I'm my gang. What? What you mean? Those my homies. What do you you got a problem with that shit?" And then it was just like. It was mad interesting to just see the parallels. But then I have, and I don't, re- it's no credit on mine. I didn't do anything. Just to the fact that the next year we like onboard eight new members and the fraternity is now thriving and growing again. Right? Allegedly. I, was, I haven't talked talk to him in a while. Let's I haven't see. talked to him in a while, but I was like, hey, man. I know they're still alive. That's all that counts. I was just That's all like, that counts. I thought this stuff was going to die. But for me, I just knew it as like, I was like, look. I need to probably make sure I have a little, a longer lasting stamp and legacy. So I'm just going to join this fraternity because my name will trickle down here. And for that to actually turn into a company that I'm going to be, I'm working full time on is crazy. Well, it's even crazy because we didn't even really connect in Greek life. It was after Greek life. (laughs) So like, cause you were, you were, you were gone that next semester Mm -hmm. and like, I was president. I was super busy, you know. I was, I was, I was chasing a certain someone, and uh, I was, just, I was very preoccupied. And you weren't, you weren't always there. No, absolutely you, <laughs> not. You, I, I, I could, I kind of, I'm, I'm really curious, like what happened with you and McLeod, because you and McLeod were really close beforehand. Then when he was president, you guys butt heads all the time. Well, like, did, did, did Tep put a strain on your relationship? Nah. No, 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 no. No, I don't think so. Because there's a certain person that, like, Connor needed to become. Like, I wanted him to become that type of person, right? Like, be, really be an alpha. Because in our clique and in our group, 
he didn't get to be the man, right? Like he didn't really get to be the yeah. man because. But don't get me wrong, the click was wild ass homies. Like it was just like <laughs> yo, good good luck, bro. Like that's really what it was. But Tep was his domain. This you got this, no problem. Yeah. Right. Comfortable. Right. And I will I will make I I want to I genuinely want to support you. I'm gonna step back and be like, bro, you rock your thing, you do your thing, but he still has to be president. Right, like he has to do his thing, and it doesn't matter if I was at TEP or I was at any other fraternity. I'm a senior. I'm he, he was a senior too, right? But I'm just like, shut up. Like I don't. I like I get it. You need to establish dominance, hierarchy, all that other stuff. Like I don't give a fuck. Like just you're you're not gonna kick me out. Let's just that's not gonna happen. Right? Let's just be real there. Yeah. Right? And it was like I you can't just be chummy and friends with your friend like in situations where they're trying to be professional. And then there's also the during pledge process. It's like you gotta try and intimidate me, and I'm like, please, <laughs> good luck, please, good luck. Cause we look temp. Tep had the best rule that I've ever heard. I was just like, hey, yo, if a brother puts his hands on you, you can put his hands right back. And I was like, all right, let's see how y'all are going to pledge me. And you did it perfectly. I still can't. I've never been more mad in my life. And I was like, whoo, got me. It's just, it's just that you, you take the watch off. That's Good. all I remember. Good job. I, I was like, like, taking the watch off, I go, Jared, it's a joke. I was like, <laughs> I was like nah, let me find him. Like, I was like, let me find him waiting for fucking two weeks to whoop his ass. And it just had to be a joke. I was like, all right. Yeah, no, it was it was mental. It was mental because they do they like you didn't even have like a real pledge process. You didn't even have a real one. And and it wasn't pe- built. people say I didn't have a real one, and people say McLeod. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. But for me, they broke me down mentally in a good way because I need to be broken down mentally. Like okay. I I I needed pledging. Pledging was a phenomenal experience. I would never go through again. But like, because I remember. Like those, like the welcome breakfast, like the the panhelic or whatever, the, whatever the, the fraternity version of that is, like had like a breakfast for all the new members. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like yeah. I remember, like I sat down because I didn't, I didn't know what I was, I had no idea what I was getting into. I barely knew Waldo. Uh-huh. Like I, I barely knew the P. I was there a few times. I knew them kind of, but I didn't know I was gonna have pledge brothers. I had no idea. Oh really? So I sat down, saw Dexter, Dubs, and Tom. I'm like, who are you guys? Really? Like kind of like. I don't care about y'all. Like, <laughs> and then, like, really quickly, me and Tom became super good friends. Like, um, instantly. Yeah. Me and Dexter became really good friends. Me and Dubs, while pledging, became really good friends. Nemo, we all wanted to beat the shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> it, pledging with Nemo was the worst. But, like, then I, I got it. And it was just like, okay, I took pledging seriously. Like, you heard the story, right? Like, the, you know, when you first come in, they bring you in. It's all dark. And you do, like, the whole ceremony thing. Mm-hmm. The first thing out of my dumbass mouth is, what is this, a cult? <laughs> right because yeah, I yeah, yeah. no one prepared me for what this was gonna be and that's just like the most daffy move ever <laughs> what is this a cult <laughs> and Bishop God bless him is at the podium took a beat paused and just continued because all the alumni were there too oh and then you go to the diner afterwards and I had to dip because I was doing RHU stuff so I had to leave RHU do that and then go back to RHU mm-hmm. so it was just, it was just wild, and through the process, you know, they build you down, and they build, and they break you down, and they build you back up mm-hmm. to the point where once you cross, it's like, oh, I'm a new man. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. That's what it's for me. It was for me. It was. So, I don't know, like my pledge process as some form of a 
initiation. This is like my, I don't know, in my head, I'm looking at this as like my fourth or fifth uh, becoming a man type of ceremony, right? And this is the least, this is the one that is probably like the least painful and traumatic to have to go through. Like, it's just, for me, it's patience. Mm. Like, it's just restraint. Like, I understand that this is probably a really big deal for a lot of other people, but I'm like, you're dry, you're really trying my fucking patience. Like, I just, <laughs> I just was so fucking, like, just, and I think after a certain point, I noticed, like, Bishop Connor and Waldo peep that, and they're like, just try, just keep trying him. Like, as long as he doesn't snap, he's in the fraternity. Like, it was a very different pledge process. It was like, if you can keep your cool or you could keep your calm, you'll join the fraternity. If you if you really while out, you're you're not you're not in the fraternity. Like that yeah. that's what it was for me. And it was just like on some weird shit. There was one day where like Eddie was sick or something, and I was like, yo, bro, I got you. I'll do your push-ups. And everyone's like, yo. That's a real brother. And I was like, yeah. I can't re- do the alphabet, bruh. <laughs> this is all I can do. I was in great. I was in phenomenal shape. I loved pledge process. I looked great. I like. <laughs> I was in great conditioning. I was playing good ball. I was just like, yeah, this shit, this shit is fun. And then it was like having to go through the pledge process, and I'm just like, all right, I'll deal with this shit, Stonewall. I'm like, all right, this taught me a good good sense of patience. But what I think is crazy that I didn't realize was going to happen, I, you know what, I had a job lined up, but the job I chose out of college, I only got because I joined TEP. Like, mm-hmm. it, it messed me up so much to be an IT recruiter in Eastern Long Island. And, like, when you join this I recruiting firm. Was the guy who hired you a uh, Greek life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why you go. Greek yeah. life lacks, bro, from uh, oh, LIU. Oh, God. You, do, I, do you remember what fraternity? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't couldn't tell you. But, um, you know, he was one of the type that, like, would want to, like, yeah, man, bro, like, he could freestyle after making a big type sale. He was one of those getting really excited to hire Jared Laverne, right? And the more I realized, like, how, why I got hired and then realized only other people that got hired were Greek life, I'm like... All right, this is a little suspect. Like, this is a little, little bit of suspect. And then I just ended up having all these issues, like, about, like, I was like, yo, can my candidates get hired? They're not the right cultural fit. And I'm like, this bro culture in hiring and, tr- like, how things go, I was just like, oh, you're from a fraternity fraternity. Like, oh, they, like, locked you in a cage and put milk on you and beat your ass. Like, <laughs> you, oh, you thought that's what I came from? I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, worst thing that happened to me is I had to drink a goldfish. Like that was scary. Sorry, just <laughs> but little itty bitty fish. Little itty bitty fish. But I remember I didn't I didn't swallow mine. Really? Yeah. At first I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so like I just drank the water <laughs> and fucking Griffin just goes, "Yeah, I drink all of it." I go, "Oh, I'm gonna need more water." <laughs> Yo, you know what's funny? That was like the one thing that like me and my dad actually bonded over. That he was just like, "They made you." He's like. I joined the finest club back at Harvard. We had to drink a goldfish. I was like, corny. It wasn't even a goldfish. It was this little, whatever, whatever the hell. It was a tiny little thing. I did not like doing that. Like, Evan almost threw up. He couldn't do it. He couldn't <laughs> do it? Think, I don't think we made him do it. He was just like, because we're like downstairs waiting. Because there's a whole process. So you go through like different rooms. And you, like, you wait for him. I guess you have going, like this Because he's just gagging because he can't swallow a, like a tiny little fish. Like a thing's are smaller than your fingernail. And he couldn't do it. It was pretty funny. But yeah. um, So IT recruiter. And what, how long were you an IT recruiter? Because our story actually begins, begins the w- Halloween weekend, 20, 
18. Were you a recruiter then, or were you at Thrive then? So I was actually, I was, so I believe it or not, I was interviewing at Thrive then. Okay. I was an IT, I just finished up my last IT recruiting job, like, Long I like, Long Island was trash, so then I was finally like an executive recruiter in the city, and I was just, I was really recruiting for top tech companies, and I was like, all right, I need to get out of here, and I'm literally interviewing at like Thrive, Salesforce, Yelp, Conductor, Indeed, Yext, like, I'm, Vimeo was one of them, like, mm. I'm just, every software as a <laughs> You would have ser- sold Studio 6. Exactly, like, <laughs> if, it, if it was a software as a service, I was ready to sell it, like, that's yeah. that's what I would, like, I was taking, a, like, a $30,000 pay cut from, like, my base salary just to get into software, right? And so then I got Thrive, and that's why when you were talking the idea, I'm like, yo, hold up, hold up. I think, in theory, that this shit is the future, and there's not a single company in search talking about it. And I was just like, it was crazy because like this idea was so great that I don't think you realized how dope it was. No, because I was thinking that's that's the correct answer. Anyways, I still kind of don't. Like, <laughs> I I I think from the creative perspective, I've been podcasting since 2015. And, you know, people ask me, well, you know, what made you start podcasting? And, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons. Self-expression, it's personal therapy, it's fun, I'm good at it, yada, yada, yada. But one of the real reasons is I wanted to put it on a resume. Really? I wanted to stick out. Okay. Because I've done that. That's been like kind of like a, like a, like a, a secret weapon of mine forever. So in high school, I started Willie T Reviews which was a movie blog. I didn't have the equipment and cameras and know-how to do a YouTube channel, which I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I could write. So okay. I, I'd watch movies and write reviews on them. I'd put it on a resume. Did that help to get me in a Hofstra? I don't know, maybe, but I put it on there. In my mind, it did. Hmm. So I thought, okay, what can I do to stand out? I was huge into podcasts, big into Rogan, big into like movie podcasts, <laughs> big into wrestling podcasts. I was like, <laughs> I, and I was doing radio. So I was like, I want to do a podcast. I can put it on a resume, help me get a job. Okay. What can make me stand out? So I started the podcast. And then, you know, I kept it going. And, like, every interview I've ever been on, mm-hmm. they asked me about the podcast. Every single one. Doesn't matter if it's for Denny's or, like, Morgan Chase. Whatever. That's They're going to so ask me about funny. the podcast. Because it's like, ooh, you do a podcast. Right? They, you just, it's interesting. Everyone just goes, ooh, what's that? What's it like? What do you do? Like, it's, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I started the podcast. And then, you know, I got my first job. They asked me a bunch about the podcast. And what was your first job? So, okay, I'll tell this story. This is actually a really good story. So, that tell you how I got, how I got hired for this job? <sighs> so, my first job was a tech startup. Um, they wanted to be the Wall Street Journal, but on video. And they okay. failed epically. Um, but wait, this in the city, in the city. Oh, wait, yeah. wait okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So, I loved this job. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I say it failed epically, but my year and a half, two years of being at that job was the best time of my life. Mm-hmm. I adored this job. I loved everyone I worked with. I didn't mind the two, like, an hour and a half commute both ways. Like, I loved it. It was a great learning experience, but. I saw the writing on the wall, and it just recently I found out why. I was just like, because this company was founded by Son of a Billionaire, the, mm. the third richest family in the UK. Um, oh, shit. So he had this vision, and all of a sudden, in 2018, January, everything starts going down the tubes really, really quickly. He's running out of money. 
But we're like, I'm thinking January 2018, 2019, 2018, 2018. So I'm thinking how, like, how is this possible? People are getting fired left and right. Everything is changing. Like writing's on the wall. I'm losing my job. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. when yeah. So I start thinking, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Podcasting. Okay. That's all I got. It's all I got. And granted, I'm applying to jobs all the time, like mm-hmm. three, four, ten a day. Just throwing my resume out there, getting interviews yeah, here and there, and, not, and nothing, nothing sticking. Um, so I had this idea for a podcast network because my buddy Joey was like, I have a podcast, and me and Ricky were going to do other podcasts, and I was thinking, okay, let's do a network. So that's where a network idea came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I bumped into you in October of 2018 where I was actually in town. Um, one, it was Halloween weekend, and two, that Sunday – I was going to a wrestling show at the Coliseum. Did I have Austin with me? No. It, it was just, just it was me. Just just me. Right. So, but you know, it was a tap Halloween. Right, so yeah. I'm like, I, I pop in, I'm dressed as Macho Man Randy Savage, dig it, brother. And um, I walk into Luke's room, and Luke's like, yo, Jared's coming by. I go, really? Oh, mm-hmm. I word. And like eventually, like half hour goes by because you, you're always late. Um, <laughs> I, I get up, go to the bathroom. And I hear, yo, I just hear Luke. <laughs> and Jared walks in, yo, what's up? You, just, you, you and Luke just do your, like, do your whatever, because Luke is like. Yo, big facts. Luke's, yeah. Luke's secretly black. Um, yo, bro, he was really like my little brother. <laughs> Luke Luke has black person energy, even though he's a white dude from New Hampshire. <laughs> but, I'm going to get so much heat for Twitter for this interview. But but like, I'm in the bathroom, and I just go, Jared! <laughs> and I come in, I sit down on my, on my, on my couch, and it's, you know, we start talking. So I start saying, I might start a podcast. And I just mm. go, Oh yeah, oh yeah, really? So now, then we start talking, mm-hmm. and I I told you like yo let's like, and I thought you lived in Weehawken. I I was in Jersey City. I was no, like, you in Weehawken. I was in Weehawken. You in Weehawken. Okay. Because I was just like I also went back to Long Island a lot. Oh yeah 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 like yeah yeah because I didn't again I moved to Hoboken I didn't really have a friend group mm-hmm. but I didn't really have a big friend group who you in Weehawken I was like word we're gonna be hanging out. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and then he's not talking about the podcasts. And I told you, yo, let's start doing this thing. I go to the wrestling show on Sunday. I lose my job on Monday. Mm-hmm. I get my walking papers. And mm-hmm. I still have the text messages where I texted you that day saying, yo, I just lost my job. Let's get started. Do you really? Yeah, I still have them. I actually, I did, I, did, I, did, I did this whole story like in more detail on uh, the comfort zone, which if is ever going to be released. Oh, that's but lit. That is where me and you really kicked off yeah because you so, can't be harking on everything what did you see <laughs> what did you hear when i was telling you stuff really in luke's room on that halloween weekend on long island no you it's basically you tried to talk about what the ecosystem of a network and how a network from podcasting connectivity can grow in engagement right so it was just like again you explained this theory to me I still didn't know what a podcast was. But yeah. somehow I was like, yep, that makes sense. Okay, let's start business. Because it was just like, for me, is I was like, I was a net. So in, for as an IT recruiter, I was a network infrastructure recruiter, right? And it's really messed up because in knowing I got hired for the job that I got because I was at this fraternity in Long Island, I knew that for account executive jobs at certain companies, I was like, Y'all want these types of people. So I just always hung around. Like, whenever someone needed a bullshit job, I was like, yeah, sure. I got a resume I could throw that way. Boom, it's good, right? Um, And so, like, but 
what I can't remember. Oh my god, I I'm, he's gonna kill me for I forget his name. Most techie kid at Hofstra that was part of Tep. Um, he might have joined stopped at the end of the. Oh my god, hella smart technology. Not Aaron. Not Ben. No, uh, no. Young, younger kid or older kid? Older than them. Might be their generation. I actually the Wallace generation. No, like cause he he left and came back. Oh, uh, he's gonna kill me. Oh my god. What does he look like? White, brown hair, Hispanic-ish, maybe. Oh, Furtis. No, that's Indian. Uh, wow, you were so that way. You, you said you said ready. you said white. I thought techie. No, Furtis is also really smart. No, no, no. Like the super techie kid. Super techie kid, tall, short. Wow, he's so much for being a good for alumni. Like, how old are we talking here? I, uh, he's so he like let. Connor Yura? No. Yura. Yura. Oh, Yura. Connor. He wasn't in tap. No. Yeah, he wasn't Con- in tap. Connor Yura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He wasn't, he no. Wasn't... Genius. Right? So, but... A little lazy, but really, really smart. But it's like, you got to, like, it was so, this was the weirdest shit to me, because it's just like, because tap is, like, some nerdy kids, right? But these are the same kids that are building their own PCs, and these are the kids that are, like, actually trying to learn about, like, crypto and, like, yeah. up to date on the newest, like, uh gamer cartridges and like GPUs and these are the same processors that people need to use to process and mine cryptocurrencies and build uh what should we call it blockchain environments and different server environments and stuff like that. I'm literally picking up stuff from these stoner kids that I'm using in conversation to recruit. Like it was the craziest thing ever and like all it is is just connecting everything to a CRM, right? And yeah. So at this point, like I've gone, I've gone through like this weird system of hanging out with like actual techie people, hiring high level executives, and now you're having this conversation about how engagement happens in this new form of technology that's hella simple that anyone can access. That's free. Like the thing that got me is it's free. Yeah. Like no matter what, anyone can make a podcast and it's free. And I was like. There's no such thing as engagement that's free. Like, what are you talking? Like, you can't just do that. Like, why is every who? Why are people giving this away for free? And that that's what instantly got me. Like, if something is in a free, open marketplace and domain, and you're telling me no one knows how to monetize it, then that's that's open market. And it's just like the way that you explained it was, if in theory these networks can trickle this under this, under that, under this, and like draw with the cloud and the cans and the arrows, I basically was just like, oh, so this is this, this is some form of a systems architecture. I don't know what system, I don't know to architect what, and I have no idea what the engagement is, but I know in theory this works. And so we've just been playing around with it for a little while, and Certain competitors are starting to catch on, but at the end of the day, no one else has actually even still been able to like grasp this thing in theory. And, yeah, the code has not been cracked yet. But it's just like, well, th- the algorithm we I think we have cracked. I don't want to p- say too much, but well, now I sound like one of those people. But it's just like, no, yeah, we cracked the algorithm through search, right? Like you're monetized. Like no one talks about the search engine of audio. And what an RSS feed is. Once you taught me how RSS feeds work, I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. And then we had the whole playlist talk. This is even crazier, right? And it's just like, I just don't know these things because I I didn't care about podcasting, bro. And here's the other real crazy thing is, like, all right, now this is some wild cultural thing. So, like, 
having to go through this like what is a podcaster what is a podcast and like having to come up with my own understanding and own definition of it like i genuinely do think daffy is what a podcaster is actually right like if you were to take what the synopsis of all the podcasters out in the world are they are (laughs) oh i'm sorry bro it is just Random corny white guy who is passionate about whatever subject matter he grew up loving, right? Yours just happens to be wrestling. And that is the average podcaster. And that is who you can resonate with, right? Because I'm part, I, for me, when I hear podcasts, I'm part of this like new generation of like uh, Logan Paul's and like, uh, like red table talks, like where it's just like, it's, it's a spectacle, but that's not what a podcast is. A podcast is someone who's actually really committed to like, talking engaging behind the mic loving their craft and making sure that their show grows consistently but i mean we also have different definitions of podcasts and things of that nature i mean you know my perspective anything's a podcast anything, anything can be a podcast i was literally like i was editing another i was editing the uh previous episode it released for this episode uh this hottest podcast last week and you know in that episode we had a debate whether this guy should have a podcast and i was like of course he should but I couldn't think of a prime. I had I had examples for him, mm-hmm. but it it clicked, literally a few days ago. Now I was like, because he has been on over two hundred podcasts as a guest, mm. but he doesn't have a podcast himself. And he's just like for this, that, and the other. And I was like, dude, if I could talk to him today, I'd be like, listen, every single podcast you've been a guest on, get the audio. That's your podcast. Exactly, that's your podcast. It just redistribute it. Just because you you can't edit the audio because you're getting it from that person, mm-hmm. so it's just why is that? Why would that person say no? It's free marketing, you know. Like uh, we just as of recording this, the 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 pitches podcast and um was released last week. That the season two of a, the biggest podcast solution, you know, I gave that to the pitch this crew so they can put it on their feed. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same podcast, the exact if I had ads on it, the exact same ad revenue, like. Whatever, it's just going to a different audience. It doesn't matter where your audience is, as long as someone is listening to it, you win. For the most part, now the difference is like the statistics that get from that that podcast can't be tracked by us. It can only be tracked by them. Mm-hmm. But in theory, it's the same audio file. So if you can, if you're like a tech guy out there, I'm talking to you, Nash. And if you can find a way to get statistics from an audio file instead of a feed, it's game over. You can put your, you can put your feed uh, you can put your audio file on as many different feeds as you want you're getting those statistics right but as long as it's the same audio file in theory i mean statistically though it's re- i the audio is great right but yeah okay, my theory could be wrong too well so it's funny because me and nash talk about so it's like your theory is so important because at the ground level that's how it works right yeah but then it's just like you take go from audio to just like file, then search, then crawler, and be like, where are all those places that that could be attached and engaged, right? We we're like, I don't know if it's gonna be a thing, but like the way we had the dot com boom, I think there's gonna be an API boom where like everybody mm. learns a programming language and everybody just connects everything that they are already pre pre using to design their own independent website and it's an extension of who you are right more than just a social media account because we're going to just 
get more into nurturing that. And we do that already, but like people just outsource it, right? They're like, oh, like this person designed my website and made it interact and do all these other things. They just knew how to use backend API, right? And it's just like, once you do that, what you can attach that to, I didn't realize an RSS feed attaches to everything. Like you did I like <laughs> to be honest, literally everything like and like XML being the same size as an email and then fearing about this whole storage stuff like, wait, hold on. It's that small. It don't cost you too much. Just from the barrier of entry, I'm like, whether the data, whether you can actually keep track of the data statistically, the data doesn't even cost a lot of money to track. No, like, it's an audio file. It's, it's MP3. It's not even a wave file. It's not. It's super small. Yeah. So for, as far as data tracking is concerned, not only can I track it, but I can attach it to anything to potentially be tracked. So now it's called now the crawler capabilities of it is even higher, right? So it's just like there's there's argument to say that in the next five to ten years that your average RSS feed across app across the top tier. Um, streaming platforms will be more important than your social media in search engine. Like, there's no reason why that wouldn't become true as long as people can have access to podcasts. Like, don't get me wrong, the whole, like, I kind of really like the idea of us having a non-for-profit with uh, a podcast foundation because I was like, I really do think everyone should have the ability to make a podcast. It shouldn't just be for anyone who could afford a mic and knows how to distribute and all this other stuff. You can do it on your phone. You can, I mean, like, I mean, you can you can do it bare bones budget. Will people listen to it? I don't know. Are you good? I don't know. Like, I mean, because what do you think of this? Do you think podcasting as a capitalistic system where you can't really rig it or get favored treatment? You just you have to be good. Like, it really is. Like, if you had if you had like a Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper. Right, like they're out there on a corporate algorithm for YouTube and TV and video. Right, mm-hmm. if they started a podcast, they're on the same playing field as you and me, buddy. Yeah, that's and why they're don't and they're screwed. So, like, do you do you view podcasting as? I guess I call it the purest form of communication. Um, is it also kind of the purest form of capitalism? Purest form of capitalism, or a pure form of capitalism? Yo, do you know what the thing I actually be telling people nowadays? It sounds crazy, but like. I just I look at it more as just like a a true open marketplace. I don't know if it's capitalistic because I don't think it's monetary enough to really be making money yet. I think I don't think your podcast is what makes you money. I think it's everything around your podcast and your podcast is just a vehicle to redirect you. Like mm-hmm. Joe, if I look at Joe Rogan, he I don't even know. I don't even think he makes money off of his podcast. I think he makes money off of his content. Because there's so much more that goes into that than just the podcast. So as far, I, I really do look at it as like an open source form of like communication that's like, like Bitcoin is the capital at, is the capital, the capitalistic vehicle that lives on a open marketplace of blockchain. I, fl- I think podcasting and RSS feeds are like blockchain to Bitcoin, like blockchain to Bitcoin, and an RSS feed would just be content. And that content lives on a RSS feed, and that RSS feed is like a blockchain. So it's like 
I don't think podcasting in itself is capitalistic, but I do think the content that lives on these podcasts can be driven in a capitalistic mindset. Mm. And that's why I think everyone needs to have one because in a capitalistic society, if everyone isn't playing with the same tools, that's how you create like separation and segregation and differentiations of classism. So it's just like everybody needs to know how this tool works so that they can use it to get their get their means out there their form of communication mm. interesting that was a good question that is that was a good question one of my one of my catchphrases that's a good question it depends like bro you challenged me so much on stuff that i've really put in a lot of thought on like what the fuck is a podcast <laughs> like i feel like i really like i really stress about it all the time and how it works well i'm glad it's not just me yeah no thanks for the curse <laughs> like i didn't even at like I still, like, I have to wrap my brain. I was like, I really, I was like, broke up with my girl, left my company, left the dog, missed the dog. And I was just like, and I refuse to get anything, do anything else except work on this, work on this shit. Because I'm like, I've never, it's never sounded so right in my life. And it's not even my idea. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, I, th I bout that too, because you know my, you know my current situation. All, mm -hmm. all the opportunity, all the money. Hey, I'm proud of you, all bud. The, all the shit I'm leaving on the table. All the things I could be doing. All these different, like, but you, you'd think it's hard to turn that down. But I got the curse too. I can't stop thinking about this shit. This so happens. All my best ideas are before I'm falling asleep or I'm in the shower. It's <laughs> wild. But you'd think it would be hard to give all that up, but it's not. It really isn't. Like, if they offered me full-time better benefits tomorrow... Yeah, wait, why is it not for you, though, right? Because, I mean, like, I don't... I have a bad relationship with success in corporate America, but why don't... Why would it... Yeah, why you, though? Probably because I don't want it. Why? Oh, my God, yeah, we talk about this. Yeah, why not? Why don't you want it? Because I... Because I, I prefer podcasting. I, it's it's not okay. even the I want to be my own boss, make my own schedule, <laughs> financial freedom, yada, yada yada, all that, all that nonsense. It's just like yeah, I could have all these things, but it's just like something in me just goes, I'd rather do podcasting. Yeah, I want to just have my own studio like this that we're sitting in, mm. in my basement where I can have close friends or people I want, fly them in like Rogan does, mm -hmm. you know, have them in there, or I go to a professional studio if I don't want to have these people in my house. Where I can just sit down, and just podcast and talk all day. Do six, po five podcasts a week. Like that's that's just what I want to do. It's what I'm most comfortable in. What I like to do. So why why, why do I want to give give up corporate America? It's like well, one thing my old job told me, you know, that job's not always going to be there. Mm. You know, like Jill could decide to leave, and I'm out of a job mm. tomorrow. Right. Mm. So there is no guarantee. At least when you have your own company. You're guaranteed one way or the other. Mm. <laughs> you're either guaranteed True. to be fucked, you're True. guaranteed to be successful. So it's easy for me to give all that up because I'm stuck here. I've also I've gone too far. Like it's <laughs> it's too it's too late to turn back now. The time to turn back would have been when I first got hired in August of 2019. That mm. would be time to go. Listen, dude, like we had a good run, but I'm calling it quits. You know, you got your thing. Let's just. That would have been it, yeah. That would have been it. But I decided, it. you know what? No, I'm. A, but back then, they were promised me 20 hours a week, so I could have done both. 20 hours turned into 40 hours every single week and counting, mm. right? So the only time I don't get 40 hours a week when I have a holiday, like MLK days in a few weeks, so I'm going to have that off. But, like, 
it just kind of kept going and going and going. Like I'm, I'm in the deep end now. I can't turn back. Well, you know, there's also, I'm stuck. It's 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 so weird too because like when I talk to other people about it and they like, I think you're the crazy one personally. Yeah, hundred percent. That's cool. That's fine. But like, it's I'm <clears throat> I mean, but it's just it for me. It's such a clear choice because I don't. If I wanted to, like, I built a career. I got, like, I really, I went to a four-year degree, went to a four-year school, was part of a fraternity, graduated, had a had four or five-year career in technology, recruiting, and sales. Sounds nice on paper. I'll always be able to get some entry-level sales job anywhere paying 45K plus commission. I'm set. I'm good. Because, like, the reality is if you could do it in New York, you could do it anywhere is yeah. very, very true. Yeah. Um, will I ever now I'm, I'm so far set back though. Will I ever be a chief marketing officer of like a multi-billion dollar company working from the mailroom all the way up? Nope. I don't have the patience. I'm not that type of person. I'm truly not that built to be committed to somebody else and somebody else's ideology. Mm-hmm. And except I, mine. except yours. And, <laughs> and the reason is. Because when I'm mad at you or I'm mad, I, I don't have to hold back some professionalism, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't like you right now, right? And yeah, then happens all the time. I hang up, I'm, I'm sorry. I was aggressive. Could we work this out? I'm just just broke and all upset. Like it's just and but it's it's a it's that Gary V, like, I wanna work with my friends type of thing that I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, I unapologetically do. Like the fact that I just on a whim joined this lame ass fraternity because I wanted to make my ex girlfriend jealous at the time, and it manifested into this because I decided to have positive energy in the like. I really looked at y'all like brothers, right? Like yeah. y'all were really fit. Like on some oh, look, I'm joining as a senior. Y'all are still younger than me. Like if someone tries you, I got you. If you need something, let me know. Like I like wish you all the best, right? I like I always carried that energy and that energy has now manifested into I'm starting a business with those same brothers like that's <clears throat> that's wild dope to me. So it's just like I'm like all right, well I was right. Like I was already right and I I like having the pressure of a team and people relying on me that I actually care about. So it's just like then let's let's not just be right. Let's be the best. Let, let's actually make all these other people look corny the same exact way we did at Tep, that I did at TEP. Like, I'm like, I don't care how big the challenge is. I don't care how dope everyone else thinks they are. Like, these these are my homies, and they're actually dope, and they're actually fire, and they're fundamentally exactly what y'all are all actually trying to be, which is good people and good friends towards each other. But you guys are fake. Like, the rest of the society or community around it is fake. Like, even with you, bro. Like, when I like when I show when I show people that, like, yo, this is my partner, this is what we do, they're like, you know, he's a little corny, a little basic. And I was just like, but that is who he is, right? Yeah. And, and you just talked about it a second ago. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm trying to bang out six, seven, eight interviews a day. Like, I'm trying to work. I was just like, if that doesn't sound like somebody who embraces what their product and what their brand is, I don't know what is because... I would have to pay somebody to do that many interviews or that many engagements a day. Like people would be like, nah, bro, you got it. Like that's a base salary. Like you, you got to do, I can't have time. This is stressful. And that's a dream for you. 
right? When you yeah. find that type of energy in individuals, you don't let them go. You support them. You ride for them. You like, you're like, yo, let's do this. It's just crazy that your idea has been the best out of anybody's I've ever heard. And just everyone's like, really? I was like, yes, 100%. Like, I promise you. I promise you this is where data and engagement will start in the, for the future. So it's just like I basically found you and took all the unicorns I know, like Christian, and I've been like, all right, buddy, we here. And you was like, I'm going to need your help. You need to step it up, too. I'm like, yeah, need to be a CEO. And I was like, whoa, chill, 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 Daffy. It's doing too much. But, like, that that's the reality of what it is. It's just, like, I've pressured, like, you brought this great idea. Then you've pushed the boundaries of my ideas. And it just continues to be, like, this weird swirling ideas continue to create and then proof of concept and it works. And then when we match it against all the other competitors, it's just like, yo, I've never been validated so right in my life. Don't get me wrong. The discovery of Transistor FM made me realize we were a little late to market. But also with the discovery... We of weren't ready to build... We yo, have, We can't build one of those, though. Not yet. Yo, keep it 100. Just to build one of those is such a heavy lift. And I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm out here rooting for that company now. Yeah, like definitely. like if they if they make they'll be what every what anchor everybody wanted anchor to be. Being early isn't bad. Like being last is bad. Being, I yo, if I'm being honest, I I I think Spotify fucked up and they bought a company too early. Anchor? I think they bought that mm. company too early and I don't I don't think the next real big podcast tech company has even been co has come close to emerging. Like I just I don't think that lane has even even gotten touched at all. This is my biggest experience with podcasting. Everyone knows they need one, but no one knows why or how. Right and it's just like it's like the more I the more I strip away the high level of like how dope this technology could be and I just come back to that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like a, a pe the, your regular pizza parlor, like your barbershop, like your school, your Girl Scouts, your church, like everybody should have access to this like the, and know how to do it the same way they know how to send an email, right? And it's just like, who's going to be the company that monetizes and creates that for people? Not only that, but a big reason, this and this, this, this is a totally Will, this is a totally Will Tarashek thing. <laughs> but like when it comes to podcasting, it's one of the last places on the internet you can fully and freely express yourself without fear of something happening. Like the biggest thing is, bro, you love this shit like an art form, though. I exactly, exactly. And like everyone should have access to a podcast because everyone should have access to express themselves. Like there's some things you can say on a podcast that you can't say on Twitter, you can't say on YouTube. Because you'll get shut down. Like, oh, I'm shut. I'm shut down from Spotify. Everyone go to iTunes. Mm. I'm shut down from iTunes. Up. Oh, everyone come to APS.com. Like, you can't cancel podcasts because they're everywhere. <laughs> they're literally everywhere. It's it really it really is like one of the last bastions of free speech for now. See now, and that's where your passion is. So you know, I gotta ask you about like cancel culture and podcasts. Terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. Absolutely terrified. Like where where is it where is this gonna be in ten years? Mm -hmm. No idea. It's either gonna be up here where it's like the best thing ever, you can't touch it, or it's gonna be down like everywhere else. Bro, like I I do always wonder like how you would deal with like fame. 
also terrified. Like, like one of the one of the biggest things I'm afraid of. Like, I can say right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I always I I think about this a lot. Like entrepreneurs, right, who make it big and then become greedy assholes <sighs> and like have shitty work conditions, don't take care of their employers. Like mm-hmm. all this thing. I'm thinking. It's easy for me to say I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I have the goal of I'm not going to do that. I seriously do not want to do that. But I'm broke. <laughs> it's easy to say that when you're broke. Yeah. So my big thing is not so much fame because I can just shut people out. I'm a very private person unless mm-hmm. I'm on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the people I know personally. Like, you, I'm very open with you. I tell you pretty much everything. True. But, like, other people, like, publicly, I'm not. Like, I don't post it on social media for that exact same reason. Mm-hmm. Fame I can deal with, I can just shut people out. But money? Money changes you. Okay. It's just, that's a fact. Money okay. and success change you. So that's something I'm definitely afraid of. Why, though? Why like why why the fear? Because I it's very important to me to stick to myself. Like it that's took because it took me so long to accept who I who I am. Mm-hmm. Like you tell people I'm corny. Like people say oh he's corny and goofy this that and the other. Like all these all these things I'm sure Christian has told you in private. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like it, it, there was a time where that would genuinely bother me. Uh-huh. But now I'm just like yeah that's deal with it. Right. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't bother me anymore. So I don't want that to change. I I mean me neither. Like because it's. Because once you give it a chance, it, it it is like your superpower. Like there is the warming up phase to me. I'll give people that. But I mean, like, <laughs> I'm a, I give a pretty bad first impression sometimes. But you got to realize, I have seen the biggest egos of some very high profile people just be infatuated with you, and it is the funniest. Oh, they're my bread and butter. It's the. But you got to understand, as a person who is a high level enterprise sales level sales guy, I'm like, how are you doing the hardest thing? In sales, which is getting the high-profile ticket client in the room to listen to you for almost up to an hour on a podcast. Like, it's 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 extremely impressive. And it's just because this product, that it's there's nothing fake about it with you. Like, it yeah. drips off. Like, I couldn't be you if I tried. And this is one of the reasons why I was like, I don't know if I could be seen. Like, I'm not built the way you are, but... I had to really force myself to be like, well, what is my identity with podcasting? Why am I doing this? How am I getting involved in all this other stuff? So it's just like, I'm still trying to get like you. And at the end of the day, it's never going to happen. You can't be like me. You can't. You can't. You have to be like you. Right. And that's what like, and I think that's going to be, that's the issue with just podcast as in and itself. Because everyone starts a new podcast and they're trying to be like somebody rather than just find their own identity and use it as the domain of free speech in which you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, this podcast, yeah. Someone's like, oh, it's just your Rogan impression. Like, yeah, no shit. You know why? Because it works. (laughs) I mean, you also, well, don't get me wrong. I also try to bully you into this because I want you to be famous. Like, you are my uh, John Oliver or... What's my favorite, my man's in Montclair nowadays? Um, Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I yeah. want to be, be Colbert report Colbert. I don't want to be corporate shill, pussy, corporate, late-night Colbert. Hey, look, either one of them, you winning, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, Martin Colbert makes a lot more money, but yo, that motherfucker sold out. But, hey, sure. Okay. I'm with him. Sell out. Make your money. Because... 
I don't know, cause I, I, you know what? No, but, but there's, there's gonna be like, if we truly pop off, we make it. There's gonna be a day why is disappear from the public eye. I was about to say, what about you selling out? I was just like, I mean, I, I have no, no, I don't know. I don't mean he sold out like, fi- yeah, he sold out financially. He no, but he sold out like, on his morals and who he is, and, like his character, a hundred percent. How come? Because did watch, watch the. Did you see the clip with him and John Stewart? Nah. So John Stewart came on his podcast on, on the late night show like a few months ago, mm. talking about COVID. And how like the COVID lab leak theory and John uh, John Stewart's doing a bit where he's like the name of the virus is on the la- on the building where the virus came from, right? <laughs> like, you know, he's doing a bit. He's being okay, funny, yeah. saying like and Colbert because the corporate line is you can't say that the COVID didn't that came from a lab. Like there was a time you couldn't say uh, that publicly; okay, you'd be canceled. Yeah, yeah. So while John Stewart is doing a bit as a comedian, Colbert as a comedian. He's trying to shut down that bit. He's interrupting. He's interfering. He's trying to run cover for the establishment mm. people who pay his salary. Like, that's not what com- comedians do. That's not what old Colbert and Comedy Central would have done. Like, old Colbert and Comedy Central was a character. He was a, he was a sati- satirical Republican character. Mm. That's not who he was, but that's what got him to dance. And now he's doing, like, the tequila song, but vaccine. He's just, he's just a corporate sellout. Mm. Who can't think a critical thought anymore? So, so it's just like, I don't want to be that. At that point, that's like that's why I want nothing to do with public company. That's the real reason. I don't want to uh, turn into modern Colbert. Like once APS goes public, yeah. I don't want to answer to shareholders. Cause I think that is what changes people into becoming a Bezos, um, a, a Musk to some extent, mm-hmm. a Bill Gates, where they only care about profit and don't give a fuck about their actual business, their employers, or anything else, because they have to answer to public shareholders. I want mm. nothing to do with that. Private company, I can be me. Public okay. public space, I can't. Because I don't answer to me. So I want nothing. Done. Out. <sighs> but You can do that. But here's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, th- you know what? That's the person you're on. Because it was just like... But, bro, you got to realize you're, you pro- you might be a leader or a pioneer in this podcast game for somebody. That's like, fine. Yeah. There's going to be some kid in Boston who's very similar to you going through a similar situation. And they look at this as truly their art form and their passion and their form of expression, right? And they're going to go to APS for this and that shit's gonna get censored because you sold out to some company that now is one of those types of, and now they're like yo now they checking you on your independent podcast not associated with the company that you just got sold out from because you know they'll probably look at you as a liability that talk too much that's that's <laughs> fine i mean hey that's once once i'm out of aps mm-hmm. aps can censor and do whatever they want no i'll sleep guilt-free has nothing to do with me. I'll be on talking with Tarashuk for Willie T Productions, tell, t- talking them out the ass, saying, you know, fuck them. Um, unless I sign an NDA. But, <laughs> you know, in, in that case, I'll be like, listen, I want to talk about this, but I have an NDA. I can't talk about it. That's all I'll say. Okay. Right? But, like... I'm a little too honest with my own good sometimes. Well, I mean, yo, well, I mean, there's also this other thing, like, would you ever, ever in a million years stop podcasting? No. Right? You don't, see, you don't think it's, like, like, Andre, th- that, like, Andre 3000 stopped hip hop because it was just like I was meant for hip hop during the time where I was meant to be. You like age out. He thinks goat should stop. I mean, I say that now, but right, you know, money changes people. Who knows? This is more of a moral thing. Like, no money aside, would you ever just stop? Like, you know what? I said enough. I mean, anything's possible. I don't, I don't. You could have a private podcast, maybe a private podcast. Yeah, but what's the point? 
But that's what I'm saying is like after you get a certain point of attention, you you just want to talk and be be able to just talk. You with cancel culture, all this other stuff. If you actually are big, your pod someone's always gonna have a comment on your podcast or a reaction, and that might be something that gets you, that might bother you. I can turn those off though, mentally. I would I wouldn't physically turn off comments. But, you know, the, yeah, but your, what, 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 your guests success- would read them. And your your guests would perceive you. I like, can't, people I can't. would people would say things. It it event, like you could turn you think you could turn it off, but like it eventually gets to you. Yeah, I'll be sensitive, sure. That's something I'm, that's something I have to deal with. But like, listen, what does any person with a podcast on YouTube say? Don't read the comments. Just don't read them. Stick true to yourself. What does Rogan do? He doesn't give a fuck about the comments. He just be true to himself and does his thing. He'll shit talk CNN for a long ass time because they deserve it, but. Other than that, like he doesn't let the hate get to him, and I don't let, I don't let hate get to me anymore. Okay. I've been made fun of and bullied so long, for this for all my life that like it's the point where you know me. It takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> like you, but yeah, a lot of people think you're like lightly offended too, which is funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I just sometimes just go, yeah, you know, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, like once you're in a Discord chat with me, McLeod, Nash, Nathan, Nolan, Ryan, Chief, like. Shit gets said in those chats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is, it is what it is. Okay. But, like, it's kind of funny. I feel like I can express myself better when I'm with you than I'm with them. Yo, that's love, bro. Because, I appreciate that. <laughs> because they love, to, they love to accuse me of things <laughs> sometimes. Like, like they like to twist my words, whereas you just laugh it off. Might as well. I mean, like, bro, because we have such polarizing positions on, like, opinions that, like, if I were to just be, like, nah, chill, like, it wouldn't get anywhere. Like, I genuinely learn things when, like, talking to you. Like, because I'm just like, even if we didn't study or knew, it's, we could just be playing a game of chess. And I'm just like, oh, shit. What? Like, it's, you don't stop that type of chemistry. Yeah. Like. Do our whole company's a game of chess. Oh, my God. Yeah. I make, I this, I make this analogy. I run this, I, we run this company how we play chess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very here and now. What's my next move? You're just, I'm check meeting you from jump. Yeah, that's literally yeah, yo, and I get very frustrated when the moves don't work. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> like get it, get so. Fr- yo, uh, it's so funny, but you know it does teach wild amounts of patience and like I mean like I be, I I really do think like, I really think once this company is like public and all this other stuff, there will be documentaries and all these other things, and people say that, and it'll just be like. I just, I couldn't have ever been in this type of mentality if I worked for a company. And it's crazy that one of the triggers was for me is like when you say everyone was bullying you, I remember when you could, you like, you were really talking podcasting, like like you was talking heavy podcasting. Why why do you think I opened this podcast with me saying, everyone told me there was no money in podcasting. Yo, oh my God. (laughs) They were all wrong. Like, because it's, it's kind of like, you know, eat it. I mean, but it's just like you, I so like when I heard you talk, like I knew you did podcast, but I was just like, oh, that's cool. My man's got a wrestling podcast. I didn't know there was like this level of a passion for a podcast till we went to the party. And once like we're kind of hanging out and I'm learnt, like seeing the people in your life around you, and I was just like, how come nobody else is like supportive of this or is doing it? Like they do understand it's not that hard, right? Like. All he's asking you is to get involved into the same thing that he does. That that's it. Like, 
anybody supportive is just like, hey, buddy, you want to play a game of ball? Hey, want to come to brunch? Want to come to this art show? Want to come do this thing? And then you have the friends who actually get involved, like, yo, that was a good time. Yeah, I think I'm going to gonna pick it up myself or get engaged. And it's like, you're right. There, there might be some opportunity. There was no one saying that. And it pissed, it really pissed me off because I was like, bruh, what the fuck? Yeah, people just kind of let me do my own thing. Like, it got to a point like where even, like, you know, in tap, where Wednesday was podcast day. Wednesday mm. was Kings of the Rings, where it got to the point where, you know, Waldo would know not to ask me to do things or he would know not to have people over because we shared that top floor mm. because he knew I was doing the podcast. You know, Tom would know not to come into my room because we were doing the podcast. Danny Borman did it once, but it became a bit on the podcast and it was hilarious <laughs> because, like, you know, they knew, like, oh, you know, Will takes, Staffy takes this shit seriously. Dave and Ricky come every weekend, every week here this time. And, like, even if I had, like, um, like a thing on campus – now, I was a senior. I'm president. I'd be like, you know, I'm not going. I'm doing a podcast. It's my last semester. Fuck off. Right, but there's the next level of taking that podcast where it's like... But no, no one no one actually supported me like you support me. You know, like, it, there was a time where Nash, Luke, Tom, and Kevin were like, hey, Daffy, can we just have to do a podcast? Like, we guys going to talk? It's like, I don't know. It's going to talk. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be <laughs> hilarious. Because everyone thinks they can just do it until yeah. they start doing until it. Until they start doing it. Like, I had the mics. I had them around. I go, okay, who's starting? And they look at each other. Uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think I think Kevin started. And, like, they were just going to have a conversation, like, you know, because they're, like, downstairs, passing and joining around, talking. I think, oh, this is a podcast, which, yeah, it is. It is. It is. But once you get in front of a microphone, you're in a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, now what? And I hit record, and I was like, I start. I Yo. sat up my headphones and listened. Yo, you it was know, terrible. You know why I don't like... You know what? Now I'm mad at you. You know why? Because I've been doing this so long now. Bro, I go on dates, and I go on podcast mode. Like... Dude. Like, you're like, do you do it too? All the time. It's, it's, it's not like I'm talking to my parents. I'm talking to Jasmine. Like, <laughs> yo, literally, literally, I find myself asking so many questions. Yo, just... Be, be, and it's crazy because, like, oh, you're just so, you're so open-minded and you listen and engage. I was like, I, I guess I'm just I'm going to work. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's, well, it's Daffy's it's, fault. I mean, it's it's that. But, like, me and Ricky were doing our post-show for Kings of the Rings last week. Mm-hmm. And out of the blue, we got into an argument, as we typically do, about um, this situation, diversity in the company and whatever. And, like... <laughs> we wasn't like it wasn't like a heated argument, but you know we were both making our points. But I found myself just like, okay, I'm not really arguing with you. I just I want to understand your position. I want to understand where you are coming from. I want to connect and understand, mm-hmm. relate with what you are actually saying. I'm asking question after question after question after question, and he's not asking me questions back. Yeah, he's just yeah. refuting me. Yeah. I'm like that comes from podcasting. Okay, like when it comes to even social issues. Mm-hmm. I don't care really about right or wrong because in reality, in some certain circumstances, there is no right and wrong. There's only there's no right or wrong. There's only perspective. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to people, especially on a podcast, I ask questions I generally want the answer to. Mm-hmm. Like I was like with you, I was like, this is a test because we have we didn't plan any of this. Like, okay, I know we've done it a long time. Like there's certain things that kind of get the ball rolling. Like where how do we first meet? Mm-hmm. But from there, it's just I'm asking you questions. What do I generally want to know about this person I've known forever? Right. Okay. But now, I I personally think that's that's also an aspect of emotional intelligence, though. 
right? Because if you're having this conversation with somebody, it's also seven years of podcasting. But but in order, but think about it. How could someone just? A lot of people would think seven years of podcasting is draining. I can't do it. It's a lot, right? Unless you're a life coach who just has a big ego and believes in themselves, right? Um, but <laughs> yeah. A lot of those, no, lot no of those shade. floating around. No shade. No, I love my life coaches. But it's just that it's that passion that you have. Ah, oh, damn. I think I brain farted. What was I saying again? What did I say, Daffy? Passion you got. Um, asking a lot of questions. Oh, right. When you're asking all these questions, like, they're not questions to be, like, combative or, like, check somebody. They're actually, like, okay, you, when someone gives you an answer, you listen. You're like, all right, where are we going with that? Oh, all right. So you j- it's clear. It's almost like clarification. Like you bring the question and you yeah. keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And then you have an aha moment where you get that point of connection with somebody. Yeah. Right. That I think is that's nav- that's truly navigating conversations. And that is, I think of that as a form of emotional intelligence, because how many people in this world just get anxious when they're in a room with people and they're like, what do I say? What do I do? How about you get started? You you've you've seen me at networking events sometimes. You're great. No, no, I, I long time ago in a galaxy far far away, I freeze up. <laughs> okay. Like uh, you remember me at like tech parties or mixers, right? <laughs> I, free, yeah. I freeze up. Fair enough. We're like, I was now, now networking events. I'm it's go, just go, just talk, and I go into podcast mode. Because how I talk yeah. at networking events is how I talk on podcasts. Say it's corny. Say it's all you want. So you can say the ambiguous podcast solution. I ask cheesy questions to podcasts. About their... I do a podcast talking to podcasts about their podcast. <laughs> like, is that genuinely interesting? To most people, no. Dude. But it it's was... a mar- it's, that's not why I do it. It's mm-hmm. a fucking marketing tool. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a lead gen tool. Is this the podcast I want to be doing forever? No, it's the first podcast I'm cutting out of my life. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, going over the stuff with Moe's hit exactly the way, like, I've always wanted. Like, Moe's like, hey, man, like, I don't I don't really know how to, like, I want to talk to Daffy about this and explain these things. But, like, I was like, no, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, bro, I, like, I think maybe we should, like, put him in a suit and maybe, you know, prep some more of these questions and do all these things. And I'm, like, I'm loving everything he's saying because I was just like, I was like, yo, dude, that's, I, I feel you. That's great. But I was like, I don't think you understand. Daffy is the podcast workhorse. Like anybody else, this is work. This is passion for him. Like this is what he does. Like this. Oh, it's is, work. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's work. I, it is work. I'm not about to negate that it's work. But it's like it is genuinely an extension of who you are. And it is what you want to see because it's not – because the analogy I gave him, I was like, yo, dude, if you knew you were about to use, like, a really dope software like Adobe or something, right, like, you're going to get a free version, right? And he's like, yeah, this is Daffy's free version. You really want to hear his stuff? Go invest and then find out who he is through his company and his other podcasts and the things that he gets passionate yeah. about. This is the free version that's out there, right? And it's just like – I was just like, this hits so perfectly because – we're designing the campaign. I'm like, I'm going to get to tell every other podcast that this is what you got to compete with, right? And they're like, I'll make a better podcast than him. Sure, no problem. All right, let's see what you got. Three weeks later, 
dude, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And I was like, yeah, I bet you, yeah. Thought that you thought this was going to be easy, didn't you? A lot of work. Thought, yeah. And, I, and, I don't, and I don't even do half of it, which is like, you know, we were talking this out. We already talking about social media. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing no social media. <laughs> I know. I was like, like I was like, I was like, you, you sure it's going to have social media? Great. That's your job. Yeah, I agree. It's not my job. I, I make the content. I focus on myself, on the mic, and like I'll, I don't want to even do sales. I, 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 I push back on sales because like, okay, well, I have to. That's non-negotiable. Yeah. Social, doing social, I've never been good at it. I never will be good at it. I don't want to be good at it. Not doing it. Well, you know what? Honestly. And I, honestly, like, I, would, I would tell Mo, he's like, listen, if he has criticism and like, give him my number. Have him call me. Oh, of course. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll cure him out. I probably agree with him on some things, agree with him on other things. As long as he knows, like, listen, I'll hear you out. I'll listen to you. But if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. But, bro, honestly, this is kind of where I really like our relationship because I've never been somebody's, like, actual professional buffer because it's, like, he's saying these things to me and he's talking, and I'm just, like, I was, like, I get it. I hear you. That's cool. What you're doing is is great, and we're going to work with it. We're going to do these things. But I'm not – there is no – it's not even – I could tell him I'm not fundamentally changing Daffy. It's more, like – there's no fundamentally changing Daffy. This this has been a conversation of theory for a very, very long time now. And it is, he is the perfect podcaster. Yeah. Like, he is, when you see somebody who podcasts, oh, he makes me think I could start a podcast. I want to start a podcast. Yeah. I can do this. That's the perfect person. Like, everybody acts like the best sales guy at a company is the super jack guy who has like all this protein and is like muscle bound and all. Every top guy that I've ever seen be of a good good salesperson has like a nice, soft, sweet, innocent voice and is very relatable and has some story about from his high school childhood that you guys always relate. I remember when I was that way. And <laughs> that guy bullied when they told me I could. And it's relatable and it's inspirational and it's it brings you in, right? And I was just like, I have that guy. He just can't sell. So let's design the perfect product around him and see how this works because... Remember, yo, we did the thing with Nik- Nike, right? And the the sale or the, the initial sale is the podcast, right? And it's just like if the way you light up on a podcast, all marketing has to do is create a proper uh, conversion action to either an appointment or to some cash. And if I, we can make this work for you, we can make it work for anybody. And if we can make it work for anybody, we could build a billion-dollar business because everybody should have a podcast. Yeah. That was a good sales pitch. And what it comes down to, end of the day, with any podcast, any podcaster, is just that the P stands for personal. That's true. And that's it. It's like, why Why would you want to change me? You don't. You, there's no point because I'm, I, I, I do practice what I preach. I do, I do. do eat, breathe, and sleep what I say, even if I say two things at once, like I'll tell you, I love doing the biggest podcasters, I like talking to podcasters, it helps me personal growth and all this, but it's also a sales tool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in today's society, I love saying that too in today's society, it's so <laughs> hard for people to think two things at once. It's mm. so hard for people to conceptualize that two things can be true at the same time. Mm. Like, the ambiguous podcast solution has to be a marketing tool for sales and you're trying to scam people. Mm-hmm. Or it's a pers- it's a podcast for podcasts who are going to talk to podcasts about their journey and trying to help them boost their numbers. 
<laughs> it's like it's one or the other, but left or right. No, I'm just like, listen, I'll be upfront with you. It's both. It's both. It's, it's both. 100%. And it's like, well, how come I get this, but no one else does? It's because I live my life multitasking. Well, I mean, bro, because it is, it is hard for anybody else to do both because it's the same reason why I was even grappling doing the show. Like I got extreme burnout because it is for me. I'm looking at this as I am selling. Right. So I'm turning it. I'm like, but people are enjoying being on the podcast. We're doing a good thing, but I'm in full sales mode and I'm already coming from being in a burnt out perspective. So I'm like, if I'm selling, it needs to be for higher ticket items. Whereas like, I needed to really just develop a better passion for podcasting the way like you kind of have. And I've, I've like really made sure I've like reignited that by like finding the love and the art for it because now I do see it as both, but like I never took the time to make it my own. Right. Like I actually really had to be like, yo, Mose, I need my own overlay. I need to redo my logo. Like I need my stuff to be out there. I was like, all right, Christian, we need to get in the studio, get a couple of like episodes for a podcast that I'm about to roll. Like, I had to actually put my personality into like I had to redo the intro, redo that. Like yeah. it didn't like it didn't feel or sound like like everything only like even GDP when it first came out was just everything just sounded like a fake sales pitch. And then Yeah, your fake laugh. But, yeah. I knew I, I knew it. I saw right? it. It's all fake. And then there's that Ooh. one day I'd like Yeah, right. <laughs> now you've now I've been exposed, everyone would be like, you know, he fake as hell. Now you you'll if you listen but that was your first podcast. Right, but... My, bro, you know, if you, you listen to my first podcasts, don't. Bro. I mean, do they're hilarious. But I mean, don't. They're I'm terrible. St- I'm still going to roll mine out. Of course. Like, I keep mine public. I'll re-roll them out. But, like... I just... It did... It, until... It's it's so stupid. It's always, it's always girls. Like, I'm so sensitive. It wasn't until I got ghosted on, like, yo, man, this girl hurt my feelings. And I did some, like, emotional podcast with Christian... That I didn't understand how important podcasts were from a point of self-expression. Because mm. I wasn't expressing myself. I was just nurturing other people's expression. And then mm. I finally really did talk for myself. Because the only other time that I was like self-expressive was when I was on like You Mad Bro or American Minutes. Like where you guys... And I was, <laughs> I was just comfortable with you guys. So I'd be like, yeah, you know, cool. Let's chop it up. Yeah. That's mad funny. And that's the way it is. All right, Jared, we've been talking for almost 90 minutes here, if you can believe it. Gang, gang. Uh, so let's wrap this up. You are the CEO of Ambiguous Podcasters. Motherfucker, better you, not me. I'm happy being the founder. Um, you're not co-founder, by the way. It's just me. I only, only, I'm only the founder of this bullshit. Deal. Um, <laughs> Deal. Anything you want to plug, say, GDP, where they find you, how they can get in touch with you, any of that stuff, the floor is all yours. So, yes, I am releasing a show, Goal Driven Professionals. Um, I am the CEO of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Come find me on, on LinkedIn as Jared Laverne. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Mr. Jiggy J. Laverne. Um, and please look out for our foundation coming soon, uh, a big, a podcast foundation.com for ambiguous podcast foundations. We'll be partnering with a variety of non-for-profits and local organizations to give them podcast services so that they could get the word out about whatever it is they're doing. Um, and so guys, hey, you have a good one and Daffy, thanks for having me on the show, bro. Hey man, first of many, this is Jared Laverne, episode number eight of Talking with Tarashuk. I'm the Tarashuk in the Talking with Tarashuk, Will Tarashuk, Tease and Thomas. A-R-A-S-H-U-K, you can find all my stuff and all my shenanigans at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. 
to find more, if you want to be a guest on this show and make me go, ooh, if I find you generally interesting, congratulations, you are on Talking with Tarashuk. Shoot me an email at will at APSpodcast.com. That's will at APSpodcast.com. And I'm happy to have you on the show. If you're in the New Jersey area, you can come down to Cube Recording Studios. We can do it in this room we are talking in right now. If not, we can be over Zoom and on video. You can see my awkwardly angled chair and my awkwardly <laughs> angled camera because I live in an apartment building. But, well, that's a, that's a story for another day when I bring Jared back on Talking with Tarashik. Until then, I still need to figure out an outro, but, you know, enjoy the world. We'll figure it out. Bye. If you have an interesting story to tell and want to tell it on the podcast, reach out to me at will at APSpodcast.com and let me know why. For more content from me, as well as all of our APS partners, head over to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. If you like this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Want to find out more about our guests? Check out the description or anywhere across our social channels for all their links and information. Check out our YouTube channel for this and all future podcasts, clips, and more in the video format. This podcast was hosted, produced, and distributed by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, as well as me. I'm Will Tarashuk, and we'll talk again soon.